Allison Tiernan back on the pod. I mean, goodness gracious, mm. since we last spoke, you are newly engaged. Congratulations. Thank you. Newly promoted. Congratulations. 2022, man. I She's mean, had a good start of the year. I yeah. Coach. Yeah. Reality hit. hit. Good. Really good. Excited. Real- reality hit. Reality I love hit. that. I was an adult, but now I'm like on my way to be a wife. Now yeah. I'm. That's weird. It's like a lot happened in like a very short period of time, but it's a, it's, it's a cool. very weird. It's a very weird. Wife is weird. I know. Take before we jump in, though, me. before we jump in, I also have to, have to ask. I saw that you were on Marco Island, where my parents live. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a you have like a little place there, or you just went? No, we just rented Airbnb uh, over Christmas. So actually, oh. my fiance's family and my family we went down together. So it was like our first. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, that's it awesome. looked lovely. I need some heat. It's sleeting rain here, so yeah, that's the situation. It was great. Yeah. Okay. So wait, what's going to be our new last name? Richard. Oh, that's nice. Oh, okay. That's a quality last name. That's yeah. a great last Not name. Not too difficult. Classic. I Love mean, that. I had to marry into Finema. Good God. Try spelling that and try saying it to people is very tough. Thank God I love my husband that much because that last <laughs> name is tough. Um, okay. So let's kind of get into it. So I don't know if we've... I've, ever asked you this question, but what led you to get into coaching? Obviously you played for a good old sky blue and, um, yeah. How did you get into coaching? Did you coach while you played? Did you do individuals? How'd that go? Yeah. So actually graduating when I was graduating from Rutgers, I had like exit meeting with the coaches Mm -hmm. and obviously I was drafted going to preseason and they had said to me, you know, we want you to stay around. Obviously your focus is, the team and getting yourself ready and all that. But we think that you would be great. Kind of, I I never even really thought about it. I was kind of like head down. Okay. Like now I'm going to go be a pro. And that kind of like opened that door for me. Like, okay, this is something that obviously is sustainable life after soccer because my playing career is eventually going to end. So I actually jumped on when I was in 2017 as a director of player development, kind of, it was a non-coaching role, but just kind of be around and watch. And then I also was coaching at PDA. So that's when I really got my feet wet with coaching. I started with like the younger kids and then worked my way up. And now I work with the ECNL age level. So it was obviously when I retired, you know, I knew that soccer wasn't done. I was still involved in the world. So like being able to do that right away after like my college career ended, it kind of was a smooth transition. So yeah, I kind of always knew like I needed soccer in some capacity. So didn't know it would be at this capacity, obviously, but yeah. So it's kind of, I feel like that's a, there's like a, people don't realize that, but I love to hear that when women in the league or whether it's coaching or whatever, getting involved in something, you know, while playing, because I think that's, we talk about all the time, like the transition piece, but, um, and it's like funny to even hear now, right. You're an assistant coach. I think a lot of people would assume like that's your primary job, but you're even saying too, that you're still, you know, somewhat involved with the PDA. Yeah. You know, I know like typically head coaches don't, I think usually now, but I feel like a lot of assistants still coach at the youth level, which is good to see. Right. Cause it's like, you're getting both that like youth experience or seeing the girls, how they're developing, and then getting it at the college level and PDA obviously is brings in like all the best talent in New Jersey. So yeah, it's a uh, quality stuff, but and then, you know, obviously as a player, especially r- like rookies coming in that are kind of no, nobodies in a way that 
that's not a sustainable lifestyle just to play. So obviously you go to practice in the morning, you do everything that you need to do. And then at night, a lot of times you would run individual sessions or work clinics. And obviously you could use other teammates and kind of do joint things. So I think that's another way that, you know, it added to, you to be able to live a somewhat normal lifestyle. Did they identify that in you? Like when you said you, you had your exit meeting, were they like, Madison, you're really good. We feel like you could be a strong coach at some point in your career. Was that something that like your coach identified or you always have had kind of like a, you just got your feet wet and it just became a passion. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think especially being like transitioning from a captain, obviously, like when you're a leader of a team, it's yeah. kind of, you're that liaison between the coaches and the team. So in a way, the the best players on teams usually coach their teammates and that's a player's game. So I think until someone actually said it, I was like, Oh, okay. So this is something that I could, you know, do as a career lifetime, you know? So I think that's someone I, someone I trust identifying that just kind of led me to, you know, want to do it more. And you get to coach your sister now, which is awesome. Yeah. Which is, it's really crazy. Yeah. I was, it was really cool being able to follow um, y'all's run to, to the final four. And did she score? Was it the game winning pin in the pin shootout? Or she she had like a big game time for that. Yeah. Okay. And then, that, yeah, crazy. That's got to be so special for, for your entire family just to see, you know, all the, the sisters just being able to spend time together, like on the field. And that's that's got to be special. That's yeah. special. Cool. You know, um, young to me. So it's weird to see her going through the journey. You know, she, there's an eight year difference. So, oh God. Yeah. yeah. How do you, I, that's like me and my sister. That's yeah. a jump. Yeah. Big well, jump. See, my mic is on. I don't know. It's trippy. Um, anyways, I'm curious to hear your, your answer to this. So how do you, as a, a, a young coach, how are you, how do you, find that line of like, okay, I was in your shoes yesterday. It feels like, but yet I am your coach, but yet I can relate to you on a different, a lot of different levels. How do you walk that line? I feel like I struggle with that a lot because it's almost like you need to have their respect, but at the same time, they know that a lot of the girls that I'm coaching are sort of in the exact same like line of fire that I just was. So for, for me, it's like, I'm not your friend, but you still want to be on that level with them because you want them to trust you and, and, and know that they can come to you with things. But it's also like, Hey, you can't talk to me. Like I'm one of the girls on the team. I'm sure you understand too. Yeah. So like, it's always finding that balance of like, all right, when we can like yuck it up, I play a lot and tra- like, I just got back, we played pickup this morning. So mm-hmm. I'm always in with them and competing. And, you know, when you're on the field, you're a player. So yeah, I don't treat sure. them, they don't treat me any different, but then it's like, how do you take a step back? And when I'm like addressing a group that they're looking at me with respect as a coaching figure and not like Madison, their friend, you know yeah. what I mean? So I yeah. find it a challenge all the time. It's, it's, it's very challenging. I always, I laugh with Tina. Cause I'm always like checking in. I'm like, okay, like we're like, the the line's there, right? They're like, yes, Joe, calm. I'm always like trying to double check. Like the line is still there. They're like, yes, you're psycho. Yes. (laughs) It's, it's a very, very, it's a very fine line, but yet I think so many, you know, it's important that so many young females, I think continue to get into coaching because it does offer that 
bridge to, to that that bridge between player and then immediate old person is my coach. <laughs> right. So I think it's it's a great also relatability. Just being a woman mm-hmm. and 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 being a former player, which uh, is an extra layer that you don't have. And unfortunately, it's I think it's definitely picked up. But we've had that kind of lack of of you guys examples of you guys coming up and and getting into the coaching ranks. Mm-hmm. So before I answer my next question. I need to f- throw in a quick story. That's pretty funny today. I Madison, you know, doing my proper due diligence, looked you up on the Rutgers website. Cause I was like, let me make sure I got all my ducks in order here. And I got the, you know, and I'm reading it. And last week we had Morgan Stearns on who yeah. I think, you know, are going. Yeah. So we talked about most embarrassing on film moment. My embarrassing on film moment was probably Madison's greatest moment of all time. Um, because I was the person that sent Rutgers to the final four. My, I was the last kicker. And so I'm reading this line today. It's like Madison Tiernan, like was a captain da, 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 and beat the number one team in the country. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know what? Bravo, bravo, final four, full circle, full circle. But speaking of that, speaking of that, um, and I asked me and Joe were talking about this and I, I'd be curious, you know, what your I'm moment was, but curious. what, what is like that? Oh shit. Coach moment where it's like either the head coach is like Madison, take the lead, or you're in the middle of a game situation and you have, you know, 18 to 23 year olds looking at you being like, all right, coach, like, what do we do? Or like, what's a scenario or what situation? What is that? Like, Oh shit moment that you had where you're like, this is real. Like I'm here and I have to like deliver now. Like there's that expectation from young people to be like, lead me. So like, what was that moment for you? So the first thing that comes to mind is we were playing at Wisconsin. So in obviously the spring we played our 2020 season. Right. So we had like double back-to-back season. So this was really my first year, like getting my, like getting in and just all right, here you go. Just address the group. And we were playing at Wisconsin. And if you know the conditions there in March, it was like March, I think it was like 50 mile an hour winds. And at the time, our, the head coach was like, his vision was a little off and like, he couldn't wear his glasses. So at halftime, like two minutes before he's like, all right, um, you have a bunch of stuff written down, right? Like you have to deliver the halftime speech and like everything's super calculated. Like we have everything down to a science. Like I know what I'll do during the game. I'm supposed to keep track of certain things and whatever, whatever. And so we're in this like 50 mile an hour winds at Wisconsin. They don't put you in a locker room. You're in like a literal tent and the wind is just gusting and everyone like it's a tie game like it's super super competitive super physical and he's like all right you're gonna get you're gonna give the talk because I can't see and I'm like what <laughs> so like I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because it's so windy and I just like at that point I was like okay I'm trusted just like do it like you know most of the time too when you're in the in the heat of a game like you're listening but they're not listening the way I think they are. You know, they're not picking apart my words and everything, but I'm very, yeah, no, they're okay, super analytical and critical of myself. So I'm like, like reading like word for word. And I'm like, all right, just relax. And that was like my, oh my gosh, I'm a college level coach, like crazy. But after that, like little by little, it starts to get more comfortable and you know what to say, but yeah. So I have something for both I of you. I love that. Like, I feel, I, that's I, awesome. I, just, I feel that. It was crazy. I feel that in my stomach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a tough, um, that's a tough moment, especially at Wisconsin. I played there once and I was like, 
there's, I think it's like just a field, like they're like their fields, like off, like yeah, in the woods like or something is around it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd be curious for both of you, like in, in terms of you both being young coaches and, and being assistants, who is your, you know, where do you get those gut checks? Like, is it the head coach? Do you have a confidant? That's like maybe somebody that looks from afar, maybe someone who tracks your school or what, like, who are you going to and asking those questions? Cause I think people don't realize that I, I'm really glad you brought up the point about like all the little things you do during a game. I didn't realize that till I started to pay attention. Um, how like some of the coaches are filming, some are like tracking certain percentages and stuff. Like there's a whole process. Every team's different. Um, so your role is so vital, but I'm just curious, like, you know, you guys are still young and I would think the competitors that you are, you want to grow in time and become better and better in your job. Who is that person for you or where have you found that guidance and uh, mentorship? Uh, that probably is harder. I think is a little bit harder to find when versus when you guys are players and actually had basically a coach or mentor already established. Yeah. Do you want to go Mats? Yeah, I can go. Right, so the biggest thing I'm, I always think about too, is like how, like much I took for granted, like how much goes into it. Like as a yeah. player, you show up, you do, you have to do like, it's second nature. Like obviously you're learning along the way, but being a coach is so much harder. And I feel really lucky. Like I don't have one person, but obviously Mike O'Neill, the head coach at Rutgers and director of coaching at PDA, like he, he has such a wealth of knowledge that I feel so lucky to learn from him but that goes for everyone that I coach with so other coaches at PDA the other coaches at Rutgers like I try and just listen and kind of they've been doing it a lot of them have been doing it for a long time so they know what they're talking about and you can kind of pick up on like nuances and certain phrases and I think too I was talking to Joe about about this the other night that I'm watching man in the arena oh yeah like as Great much series. as you don't like Tom Brady, you, you have to love him and, and just learning from like the little things that they say, I feel like you can pick things up like on the internet and from other coaches. So I try to do that and keep my, like my resources open, but I'm really lucky to be surrounded by like a lot of really good coaches. Yeah. I think what's really interesting too, is, you know, I have, I love to read. So I have all these books that I read through the scope of a player. And now I find myself going back on my bookshelf and mm. looking at things now through a coach's perspective. So yeah. uh, I picked up, I picked up um, like uh, the Tom Brady book. It was like Tom Brady, Bill, 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 Bill Belichick book. And I'm reading it now, like through the lens of a coach and the man in the arena. Like, I feel like three years ago, if I had watched that, I would have been looking at it as Tom Brady player. Okay. Right. Joe Boyle's player. But now I'm like, okay, like how can I help, you know, dissect this and turn it into some coaching and everything's now through a coach's lens which I think has been super fun and allowed me to kind of get excited about it again Mm -hmm. um but for me I think you know we both work under bosses who we respect just the absolute hell out of I mean Jay we laugh about it but he throws you into the ocean and is like okay you got it and I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I, I just retired and he was like, okay, um, you're going to run the session. Um, have at it. And I'm like, I don't know how to create a session, but yeah. sure. Um, so it's just, I feel, I think it's the, the ability to feel comfortable growing and Jay's created such an unbelievable, you know, atmosphere to just, you feel okay. Making mistakes. You feel okay. Talking, you feel okay. Like 
having conversations and, and learning and, you know, just being a complete and total sponge. I think just, especially at our age, just trying to learn from so many people. I still pick up the phone, call Anson. Sometimes I'm like, what do you think of this? Like, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? And he's the mentor of all mentors and Jay is the mentor of all mentors. So I definitely feel as if, you know, I'm, I'm in a very blessed position to learn from such an incredible coach himself. Yeah. I feel like being somebody who obviously isn't a coach, but now has been in different settings in terms of like corporate environments and, uh, a new environment that I can't disclose yet. But, <laughs> um, I think what's amazing about like what you guys do and what will take you so far in life is that the same things you're talking about. Like, I love how you put that in perspective, like looking through a different lens. Mm -hmm. I find that too, in my job where I'm almost seeking a coach and I have to adjust to the fact that like, it's a different type of coaching sometimes in different environments and that skill, like as much as it feels like you're underwater, like Madison having to deliver that speech or you having to take on a spring season, like there will be a point that most people get into a management. You're responsible for somebody, whether it's one or 20 people. And it's a really, really hard thing to master. If you're not, if there's someone that's not willing to kind of mentor you into that, um, and that's what I love about your situations is that you're both in very, you know, you're with people that want to uplift you. They're not competing with you. They want to uplift you and your success is a, in it's, it's associated to theirs. So if Madison does well, Rutgers does well, if Joanna does well, CSU does well. And I think, unfortunately, not every university is like that and every school is like that. And, um, it's just, I'm happy for you both that you're in that position, but it's even better to hear that you guys recognize that and you're leveraging whatever time you get to kind of soak that in. Cause, um, I want to see that more. I want to see more women, you know, get opportunities like yourself and, um, be mentored, not just put, cause me and Joe were talking about this the other day. Like how many people do you see where you're like, you see a woman get hired at a, at a university or a place and you're like, it's good. But like, you look at the situation and in your back of your head, you're like, I, I have faith in her, but is this really like going to work? And is this, you know, is it a fit just because you're hiring someone doesn't mean it's a fit. So I feel like that's so important. Um, and I shouldn't, I'll, I'll ask this now that you're in it, Madison, because I've asked Joanna this, like, you know, maybe Rutgers is it for you. We don't know. Right. Maybe that's, you just climb your way up. Um, I'm assuming you want to continue as a coach for a very long time. Do you think that's something you've learned? Like if opportunities come in the future that you won't just look at rank or status of university that like something as, as far as the fit and the program and the support, is that all things that you think you would put in the back, you know, besides all the family stuff, there's other things to consider, but just looking at it from a soccer perspective, is that something that you think about when you think about your, the growth of your career or those things that are important in kind of making that decision? Yeah, definitely. I think something that I feel really lucky at Rutgers is that we kind of have this saying, like, there's no titles, like everyone is who they are of that has the freedom to kind of express what they're feeling or their opinions. Like everyone has a voice. And that's from like, from the person who started yesterday to the person who's been here for 25 years or whatever it may be. So I think for me, like if another opportunity ever, whatever happens down the road, I would have to feel like I'm in a situation where people want me to succeed and that yeah. they're going to kind of be along with me and not competing against me. Cause I feel like the world of coaching yep. very like almost like middle school girls mm -hmm. after like very catty in a way, like 
everyone you you can if you're insecure like you that can kind of eat away at you so I think you have to be around people wow I'm sorry I'm just shocked to hear I I, because I obviously have no exposure to it beyond what Joanna tells me and like my past but that's an interesting I would not have expected that like my first like correct me like so my first recruiting like I was like, I literally felt like I was going to high school for the first time. I'm like, okay, I, I have my book bag. I have my pins ready. I have my chair and, like, he, and I'm like, okay, am I doing this right? Like, okay, I'm at the right field. Like what's going on. And then it's just like, it's literally like going to school. It really is. For, wait, full disclosure. Like, let's say you go to an ECNL event, Madison here mm-hmm. shortly at some point, I'm sure you'll start recruiting or if you already are. Yeah. If you like look over and you see like Penn state or like another big, is it kind of like, in, like a little bit in your pit? You're like, shit, are they looking at the same player? You know what I mean? Cause it yeah, is super yes. competitive where you're like, God, I know they need a six, but we need a six. And this yeah. kid that we both like is from like S- South New Jersey. So she could go to Penn state or us. Like we're, we're, comp- right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how it, much it, that plays into it, but I wonder, cause I know with me, like when I saw the coaches, I'm worried about how intimidated I am, but I'm like, I wonder if they're like, kind of eyeing like, oh who are you looking at like what why are you here at this game kind of thing the funny thing for me too is like since it's very fresh like I we just graduated not that long ago that like you still have I still mm-hmm. thinking like a player like yep Ugh, like I I don't like that school but then I'm like okay now this is like my job this is a business yeah. like I don't have to like yeah. the grudge that I had when I was 19 years old you know what I mean but it's hard not to you're like when you're a competitor that's just your nature but how different is it like now, do you, would you say that it's as, as, cause we were young, I, I, the young part has always been around in terms of girls committing early, but do you think it's like an, a totally different ball game based on like how you were recruited to how it kind of the environment is now, or it's kind of the same you think, I think it's later now because they put in yeah. some, there's rules. so many. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And I think I get stressed out that I don't know the rules, but I do, but I get stressed out that I don't. <laughs> same always but yeah I feel like that's the biggest like I was supposed to be at ECNL Florida Mm -hmm. but I got the COVID bug so I missed the first trip but there's there's going to be plenty so I think that's what I'm kind of nervous about like I've, I've never really recruited you know like you know what it means, but I'm also like you said, Joe, like, am I going to be sitting there? Are people going to talk to me? Like, yeah, they, they probably know me, remember me as a player, some of them, whatever. And it's like that weird transition. Yeah. What I've learned too is though, is that like, it's a very, um, it's a very welcoming community. So like everybody knew you as a player. So when you go into that space, it's cool. Cause then, you know, y- you go from that, you know, coach player relationship to now, like we're colleagues. Right. And so you're able then to kind of, you know, laugh about the past of what crazy idiotic thing you did to their team. Yeah. And now you can actually laugh about it and, and kind of, you know, um, also learn from it's also interesting is everybody wants to teach you. Everybody wants to learn. Like if you're willing to listen to just conversations with people at the fields, I feel like I learned so much from just talking to different coaches in between games or, um, you know, at Duncan when the same three people that <laughs> was funny in um, Murfreesboro, like it was me, Siri, and um, the USC coaches. And we went to Duncan the same time every morning. So we just had our morning catch up then. But, um, yeah, it really cool. It, it becomes a cool community, but it is like the first day of high school. That's for sure. Yeah, that's very, very much for sure. Um, so, you know, as being a young female, 
what are, you know, your thoughts on, you know, females starting to get into coaching? Do you see that it, you know, more of us are wanting to get into the profession and kind of, I'm curious to, you know, we touched on a little bit, but how important do you think it is to have a female on staff at a program? Yeah. So the first part, I think, I, th- I think like the, obviously the NWSL is doing great things to mm-hmm. kind of like help players with licensing and kind of introduce them to that. Because like we spoke about the longevity for people, most people aren't Carly, right. You're not going to play yeah. until, until you can. And like most people yeah. play for a couple years, or they, I think the average it said was like two years. So to, to have that as like, an option makes it more inviting. Now people, now you create a community and now it's like, Oh, I'm coaching. And then that's how you get really good players to train, to turn into coaches. So I think, I think growing up, I don't remember any females really being around. Like I never had a female coach ever in my career, really. So to see now it's like that trend starting to trend towards more females. I think it's so important, especially now there's so many things that go into like mental health and just like mm-hmm. that mental fortitude aspect of, of the game that a, a man can't relate to a, to a female in that way that especially a player. Now you, you went through exactly what they're going through. So they know that they can look to you for things they might not feel comfortable talking to a man about. So I think it opens that space and makes it feel safe and that, and I think it, it doesn't matter man or woman, like whoever's the best person for the job. But I yeah. think, that having females in the female game is really important. So starting to see the trend towards more positive, which is good. Yeah. I feel like too, like to give you guys your, your flowers, I don't think people realize like coaching is a grind. It's an absolute grind. Like, um, I didn't get to ask you before, but I'd be curious, like when you were playing with sky blue now Gotham, um, what, give me like a, a typical Madison Tiernan, like training day. Like how did you fit in coaching within your training day when you were, yes. when you were coaching and playing obviously at the same yeah. time? I'd say normally like day starts early, seven 30 up breakfast, go to the treatment room. Mm-hmm. Training would be anywhere. Like some days it would be nine, some days it would be 10. And then let's say that extends to like one, one And my, my commute was like 30 minutes to training. So that's an hour in the car. Now you get home, you eat, get yourself ready, maybe lay down, relax for like two hours and then you're back on the field. And just, you don't realize just like being on your feet yeah. and then having to like wake up and do it. Like sometimes I'm like, I know I'm only 26, but I'm like, how did I do that? Like you're working like really long. You're, you're going through like a physically demanding morning training session, obviously like preparing for matches. And then at night you're going out and coaching for three three some hours and then you just wake up and do it all over again you know it's like it's definitely a grind do you think you guys would you guys say that you know being former players do you feel like you have a chip I just wonder like and I don't know if I'd feel this way but obviously like you both are very successful in playing soccer as players but I think always it's sometimes hard to not be concerned with maybe people like you know maybe they just got this got to where they're at because they were players or they did this. I don't know if that's like a narrative or whatnot, but I'd just be curious if you have like an extra chip, like wanting to prove that your quality as a coach, a hundred percent is a large part of it is the ability that you had as a player. But you also on top of that, have put in numerous hours into coaching, you know, whether it's coaching classes or actually physically coaching players. 
Um, do you have that chip you think? Um, or is it just, you're motivated, just generally motivated by it? I think that's a really good question because I think one, I think as players, I think both Madison and I were very, very coachable. Mm -hmm. So I think if you go into this profession as a, as a a new coach and you think that you're sliced bread and you know, everything about coaching, it's so much different than playing. Even if you, you understand Mm -hmm. the game so well on the field, you can direct your teammates, you can do every aspect as a player, but as soon as you hit that coach kind of, it's a completely different ball game. And so I think that's translated into, you know, coachability as a player, but also coachability as a coach to learn from our mentors, to learn from everybody around us, even to learn from the players that, you know, are playing under us. But then again, like we wouldn't have gotten to where we got as a player if we weren't competitive so I think it's that like competitive drive of not a chip but like the ability to be okay I can't put on the boots and step across the lines but I sure can coach my living heart out on the sidelines so I think it then just translates into that competitiveness as a coach along with that coachability as a coach that's been able to to kind of transition that does that make sense let me yeah but let me frame it like this so when we talk about transition all the time with players and, and figuring out what your next move is, because even Abby has to work again, even Carly's going to have to work some yeah. more. Like that's just the world we live in. I guess my question more is because you're still ingrained in soccer, do you still look at it as like an extension of who you were as a soccer player? Or do you feel like this is a whole new version of yourself? Like I look at myself now and it took me a long time to find value in Tina in this industry doing this, but I obviously easily can just be like, well, obviously it's not, I don't play soccer and I'm not like a coach. So I wondered, I guess my question, I didn't ask it great, but I guess it was more like, do you see this as like a, a a kind of a new version of yourself? You're kind of redefining your identity outside of being the person that was on the field. Now you're off the field, but you're still impacting the game. Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll answer that. So I think, you know, my biggest question, I mean, getting injured, kind of teaches you like, okay, you go through like a really hard injury. Okay. So this eventually might be taken away. So what is, who are you without this sport? Mm -hmm. So yes, coaching. Okay. I'm still around the sport, but like, for me, I think my biggest misconception was I thought the transition was going to be like, Oh, like, it's going to be so much easier. Like, I'm just going to coach. Like you're not doing any of the physically demand, but it is so much harder because like I think there there is a chip a little bit like all right I'm a good player I know what I'm talking about but you're also delivering yes a certain playing style like a certain you have to especially with like young kids and whoever you're coaching like the language is so important so like the way I could talk on the field you can't talk like that to like addressing a group so whatever words you use like tuck in back tap like those words are so important so you have to like reinvent you really do have to reinvent yourself and like kind of come up with this like dictionary of like this is how I teach because this is how I'm supposed to teach so it's so I have yeah I have another one that's perfect I have another one for you guys because I think you know I'm the non-coach here so I have all my interest then in that case you know if I were to become a coach tomorrow full transparency knowing nothing about it my greatest fear would be evaluation I remember when I went back to Virginia years after I graduated even Steve Swanson, I know I'm biased, but I think it's fair to say he's a you know pioneer in the space. He's been very successful. 
I, he said to me one day, he was like, you know what, Tina, like it's tough. Like evaluation's tough because at the time, you know, you're looking at 13, 14 year olds, right? You don't know necessarily what they're going to develop into in five years or four years, whatever it may be. Um, so I wonder like talking about like coaching insecurities and kind of having to be confident in your position. How do you guys deal with that? Because I feel like that's the hardest part of the job is being coming to your head coach. You're coming to however you're, you guys work on recruiting and you being, let's say you're recruiting a certain player or whatnot, having that confidence to say, I believe in this player. I think she's going to turn out what we think she'll be. But at the end of the day, that's you're evaluating, but you're also trusting in this development that may or may not happen. Talk a little bit about how you have dealt with that thus far. I know it's early, but I feel like if I were to be somebody who's intimidated by coaching, I would want to feel some type of confidence in knowing like you're going to make mistakes there and it's okay to not be 100%. You know what I mean? Like evaluating is tough. Even when you're 30 years in players are things turn out and things don't. Great question. And I think it's also like feeling secure in your boss as well, like mm-hmm. feeling the ability that your boss trusts you to make the best decisions. So like when I would go out recruiting, I'd be like, co- like coach this, he was like, listen, I trust you. Like, I trust your eyes. Like we have the same, you know, we're on the same page with everything. Like just trust yourself. And I'm like, okay, like what do we, and he's like, you're, you're the boss on this one. You've seen her. And I'm like, oh, God, okay. Like, so I think it's having the I think the insecurity definitely is there in the very, very beginning, like high insecurity. And then once you kind of get your feet wet and then like understand that, like, okay, like my boss trusts me, like he wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be his assistant if he didn't trust me. So then I think it's starting to trust your own eyes um, and, and just, you know, I think Anson always told us, like, if you're recruiting five kids and five kids come into your class one is going to be better than you thought. One is going to be worse than you thought. And two or three are going to be about the same. And I can't remember if those were the right numbers, but he's always like, one is going to over impress you. One is going to under impress you. And normally you're about, you're about the same. So I think it's continuing to be like, you're going to be wrong a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get all the recruits. They're going to say no to you and it's okay to have those no's to, to kind of deal with that. You just kind of have to have tough skin, unfortunately. What do you think, Mads? I think for me, I'm, I'm really lucky that I am a product of the coaching staff that I'm currently yeah. working with. So like, it makes it a lot easier that I was a player in their system. So I know I've like been- what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah like I've been around for how many years, like 10 plus years that I've seen, like people come, people go. And like, you kind of know the kind of player that belongs or what we're looking for. So I think that makes it a little less scary, but it's still, you're still bringing in players to obviously like drive the culture and make, make it a better place. So I think that's, it's always hard. You don't, you just don't know. It's kind of like, fl- sometimes it could be flipping a coin, right? Yeah. You just don't know. And so, what I, th- I think it helps too with class-wise, like, you know what you're graduating. So like, right. you're right. graduating, like, you know, a, like, you're not, if you're not losing a big piece of that area, you know what you can go after and you can right. kind of not, you know, turn a blind eye to everybody on the field, right. but you know what you're searching for, which I think helps a lot too, once you start to really get into that cycle of, okay, 22s, 23s, 24s, what are we looking at? Who's graduating? Right. Once you kind of get into that system, I think it 
I think it's well, cool. and Madison, I feel like you're in a really cool position where um, ever. I mean, you've Rutgers has always been a top school for soccer, but I feel like that final four run uh, back when you were still there and up until now, you've really started to establish yourself as like a top 10, top 20 school, depending on the time of year. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also cool to kind of see like where you started and how you've gotten to where you are. Like, I'm sure that's been a pretty cool process to see like, okay, like what changes did we make that ultimately led us to the final four versus maybe a year where we lost in the round of 32 or whatever the case may be. Um, but you know, we have, before we transition out, I do, we did want to ask you, obviously we've been focusing a lot on coaching, but you know, you were still a, a quality player and NWSL player. So we haven't actually asked anyone this, but I think it's an incredible question is, um, what was your welcome to the league moment? So like you're with sky blue, you get on the field and maybe you didn't have one, but I'd assume you did. Like, what was a moment you can recall where you were like, Oh shit. Like this is real. Like we just went up a level and I got to like, I'm, I'm tuned in. And, and was it like a single moment with a player or kind of just a game or yeah. Talk a little bit about that. I think, I mean, looking back at my, my sky blue time, it was a very um, unique time. If you followed the league at the time, like a lot. (laughs) So like, so there's a lot of things I kind of just like put blinders on and just like went out and like, just did what I could. But I think there were, mo- I mean, I got to play with some, some of the most incredible players. I got to play with Sam Kerr when she kind of had her breakout, you know, oh, like yeah. she would we'd be, we'd be losing a game three, nothing. And next thing you know, we won four, three, four, three. scored four goals. And I think like, I was really lucky that I had players like her. I had Kelly, Kelly O'Hara. Like, I just remember always watching her. She always did extra. Like, no, we could have a two hour session that was like, completely like a 10 on a scale of one to 10 and she'd be out there like doing extra all the time so I'm like if you want to be if you want to like take your game to the next level that's what you have to do so I think having those positive role models and around just like taught me to be a better player and I I can't really like there was one (laughs) there was one time so I was always a forward like that was forward midfield player well we had one year that we had a lot of players just fall and get hurt and they moved me to outside back so that was like a totally welcome yeah like okay here you go yeah and we were down we were down in Orlando and we we were losing six nothing I'm at outside back and I just remember Marta (laughs) like dribbling at me and like like knocks it around like does something you know in Marta fashion yeah Yeah, like and I just remember she just looked at me and she was just like I'm I'm so basically like I'm sorry like laughing and we both look up at the screen and you could see us laughing on the screen I'm like I'm gonna get cut today (laughs) you know you're just in that like six nothing like what are you what are we gonna do like it it was just like it's and it's probably like 95 you're like I'm I'm looking at Marta like please don't meg me again like I'm Marta's like not tired you're like you're the how are you not tired and I just look up in like the stadium and I'm just like oh my god I'm laughing like you can't hide (sighs) ever hide also like a player that you know when I'm little like watching on tv and now she's like coming at me well maybe you could just say you're not in awe we could just blame it on that you're like i'm just in yeah march is like she doesn't talk to me i'm like okay like yeah Yeah. but um yeah that's just yeah that's amazing i love that story um this has been amazing um so glad we did this and 
Um, I will say to you both, I think I'm really proud of you both. And I'm really excited because I think these are, you're both in really good positions to affect women, which is really important to me. Um, and speaking of role models, you guys have brought that up a lot. I think you probably don't even recognize it yet, but having somebody on your staff that not only was a player, but got to the highest level, mm-hmm. um, I think speaks a lot to how you've earned credibility and how you're going to be able to navigate certain players. Um, if that is their goal. And then if it's not, it's amazing too. Cause everything you've talked about, I can speak for myself, whether you send a kid to the NWSL or, you know, down on wall street in New York city, all these things are skills that translate. And, um, I just, I'm really happy to see two close friends kind of killing it in the space. And I'm hoping there's more of you as, uh, people transition out of the league and get into coaching again. And, um, who knows, maybe you will check back in many years and you'll both be head coaches or, uh, at different programs or who knows what, but, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm a, I need my Rutgers gear. We need Rutgers gear. So you can be supporting. All right. Isn't it? Don't y'all call it Scarlet Red? And then they're like a different yeah, red. Scarlet, Scarlet Knight. We're the Scarlet Knight, but it, it, that's the color we call it. We bleed. Let's throw in a blue Scarlet Red. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Last night I was with a bunch of North Carolina people and they go, so like, cause here they're like, they, so what college do you support? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I grew up on Long Island. Like, I don't know. They're like, did you go to Rutgers? I'm like, I mean, if I wanted to drive two hours, it's in New Jersey. Like, but here they're like, well, you're either a state Duke or UNC fan. Like you just go to the games when you're like seven. I'm like, no, that's not how it works here. But I guess we'll just go with Rutgers, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, this is so fun. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Girl.